0: Everyone and welcome back to the Anything But Bland podcast, where we talk about business, community, and everything in between. This is the Bland and Associates podcast. I'm Kayla Ruskowski. I have my co-host here with me,
1: Ashley Postaway. Hi, guys, and welcome back to another episode. Um, on the podcast, where today we're going to bring you one of the brightest minds in the accounting world. Today we have a true industry expert joining us for a fourth incredible appearance. <laughs> wow, four times! <laughs> I, know, I feel like I'm on a game show. Yes, so I love our it. guest is not only um, highly skilled CPA, but an expert at 1031 exchanges. If you're a loyal listener in the past, you already know how valuable her insight is. Please help us welcome back to the show, Danny Sensky. Thanks. Hello, Hi, everybody. Yes. Welcome. Day. Happy to be back. Good. I love being here with the two of you, so Aww. this is great. Love having Well, us. yes, you asked and you shall receive. You said you had plenty of things to talk about, I do. so I we're do. happy to have you back. Yeah. I uh, appreciate the introduction, too. You always know how to make somebody feel really good. Oh, yeah. good. I'm glad. I know. I, I
0: like kind of it. feel like a
1: show host, That's so I just kind of had to keep going yes. with it, you know? We got to
0: get the <laughs> guests, like, pumped up and confident before we hit you with the hard questions. I love it. And I then we it. need
1: that little audience button in the background, where it's like you have the people clapping, you know? yeah. Yes. like a full yeah, house great. back in the day yeah. um, well before we get started we like yeah. to always ask you some sort of personal question <laughs> okay. um, so I guess this is just an easy one Like, do you have any big Memorial Day plans this year doing anything fun slip and slides, big slides at your house, water anything, uh, well you know <laughs> that's happening on the 4th of July <laughs> yeah. so for anybody that knows me knows that I have a huge
2: affinity I suppose for yeah. fireworks
1: mm-hmm.
2: and yes. pyrotechnics but um, <laughs> It makes my husband go crazy and my mother-in-law, who is a former nurse, cringes every time I pull the fireworks out of the trunk because she's scared hilarious. I'm going oh to lose a finger or two. So that is definitely in the, in the cards this summer. I'm mm-hmm. pretty pumped. And I have a tiny human at home that also is equally excited for that. Well, my Aww. tiny human <laughs> is excited to come to your house because he's like, Can't the wait. girl
1: with the fireworks. I'm like,
2: yes, Danny. <laughs> That's me. Don't worry. We practice safety for the oh little gosh. ones. Oh, Very safe. Goodness. I always have the nurses on hand, mother-in-law, yes. a.k.a. Grandma. <laughs> for
1: sure, too to oh my god! But yeah, so it'll be, it'll be a good time. Yes. Aww. I'm excited for that. The summer's going to be super fun. It's probably jam packed for everybody. As we know, you know, you have summers jam packed and you're so busy and then you have the fall and it's yeah. usually pretty jam packed. And then like winter hits and it's kind of like a lull and you're like, enjoy it because you've been so busy. I was thinking about that this morning. I
2: was looking at all the cool things that are going on in town in Omaha, and yes. I was like, man, I wish there was more of this during the winter
0: time. Right but when, there is, you know, when you are
2: looking for stuff. I guess to do. that's the price we pay because you know it's Nebraska and yeah. it's, it's cold.
0: Right, and we're busy. You know, that's yes. I'm like, I don't mind that the weather's bad. That's and true. Not a ton going on mm-hmm. because some of us have to hunker down and. That right. Grind out That's some work. True. That's so That's true. true. Sometimes
2: I because I love to travel to Hawaii and I sometimes secretly <laughs> so look funny. I'm like, ooh, could I be a CPA in Hawaii? And uh, I'm like, oh no, I would hate be. that. I would hate yeah. that though, because it would be so nice and you would never get through a then okay, yeah.
1: so maybe your first year would be like that, but then no, you get used you couldn't to, do okay. it. I don't think <laughs> no. so.
2: Yeah. No. Hawaii's retirement
1: goals. Well, I just want you to go there so I can come visit. Okay. So <laughs> okay. just make it okay. happen. Okay. Whatever I need to do to help. Well, I need to get really
0: rich. So start there. Oh. Well, maybe eventually, as we mentioned in our last episode. Danny's got a whole plan yes, here to build sure. up her wealth and real with estate. Real estate yes, yes, is, yes, is one of the ways to do that. It is. So continuing along in this informal series, I suppose yeah. we haven't come <laughs> up with a clever name yet we're going for to,
1: for you being on our, our Danny podcast, episodes, yes, but yep. there will be something. I love it. <laughs> we
0: will, we will get to that. So today we're going to be discussing another tech strategy that can be used for real estate investors and. I had to refresh my memory a little bit on this. I remember learning about it in college, and now whenever it comes up, I say, I would love to have you talk to our tax team about this, (laughs) because this is not my area of expertise. And as Danny has told me, and as I read a little bit, can very quickly become complicated. So as we always say, this is high level intro to the topic, and Mm -hmm. you can reach out for more information. So today, we're talking about 1031 exchanges, and Danny, why don't you just start off with telling us what this yes. is? Yes. So
2: 1031 exchanges are, I'm going to sound like such a nerd here.
0: <laughs> they are fun to me. They're yes. exciting.
2: They're like a puzzle. You know, you want to solve this problem for your clients and help them with this really, really great tax strategy. And so you might call it 1031, but there's also light kind exchange. And so you might see it both ways. They're the same thing. 1031 exchange, light kind exchange. It's funny that you mentioned in college, because I do remember learning about this in college too, and even starting with 1031s as a new staff and thinking, oh my gosh, this is so confusing, but it really doesn't have to be. So primer for today's podcast is there are a lot of different kinds of 1031 exchange structures. I'm just going to start by saying that. They can range from just very simple forward exchange to your more complex ones of a reverse exchange, a built to suit exchange. So, for the purposes of today's conversation, we're going to just kind of keep it pretty general, talking mm-hmm. more about like a forward exchange, some of the how to have a successful exchange, and just a little bit of Focus there, not get into the the super complex stuff. Because as with anything in the tax code, you go down one road and it's very complicated oh, and sure. you open another door and another door and another door of explaining Help. various <laughs> things. Yes. So it's what makes I think my job really fun because I'm a huge nerd and I love to learn. But for purposes of 1031, we're gonna keep basic. <laughs> okay. 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 Yeah. So what is a 1031 exchange? And so essentially the 1031 exchange allows a real estate um, investor, I should say, or somebody who holds real estate that is either held for investment, business use, or rented, cannot be a personal asset, cannot 1031 personal assets, very important to understand. You essentially are taking that property, you're selling it, and you're deferring your capital gains, your depreciation recapture into a new replacement property. Mm-hmm. And essentially, what you accomplish there is you are now keeping the cash and restructuring your real estate portfolio, and not having to pay a tax bill right now, mm-hmm. and so it's a really cool strategy. And I always, and you might hear this where somebody will say 1031 exchange until you die. And so there's some benefits. To oh that. my I gosh, I know until <laughs> you die, right? So we're so young, we're not thinking about that. But uh, I'm serious though, because yes. here's what you, you 1031, you defer, 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 you keep exchanging, and eventually when you pass your heirs inherit your property and they get what's called a step up in basis to fair market value. And now all of a sudden, all those deferred capital gains, they're gone. So that's Mm -hmm. not something you have to do, but Mm -hmm. it can be a really, if you're really heavy in real estate, you can continue to roll your property and roll that equity over into, into a replacement property. So I kind of I have some notes here, so you might see me glance at my phone a little bit. But this is for my purposes to keep me on track. Otherwise, yes. I'm yeah. going to go down those yes. rabbit
1: holes that we were just talking about. Well, <laughs> and let's
0: pause for a minute and yeah. maybe t- explain a little bit further. So. Yeah. If someone were going to sell their commercial property and they did not do a ten thirty one exchange, they yes. would have a gain yes. that they would have to pay tax on.
2: Correct. Yeah. And so that's uh, so going into an example. Let's say this: you have, let's say you have just a single family home. So you have this this rental home, and let's say this comes up actually often, and it did especially in the last few years. You have a house. You moved out. You converted your own house into a rental, mm-hmm. and so now it's a business asset. You've had it as a rental for a few years. And you want to sell that and grow. Maybe you want to go buy a duplex or a fourplex. You want to grow up, step mm-hmm. up, a cent, grow up. I shouldn't say that, but you <laughs> want to, you want to grow no, that's okay, up. okay. Yeah. You want to step up and buy, um, grow your investment, your asset. You want mm-hmm. to buy something bigger, yes. I guess. Yep. Okay. You guys get the point. Yeah, the next
1: step up. Yes. Uh-huh. And so,
2: um... So essentially what you're going to do, so if you just, so you're going to go meet with your tax advisor. That's number one. If you're considering selling any asset that you own, that's a business asset, or you're, you're thinking about a 1031 exchange, you need to go to talk to your tax advisor. Please do that. Don't call us after you've done it. <laughs> yeah, <it's> really, <laughs> so that happens. So anyways, you do that. Your tax advisor says, Oh man, Joe, you're going to owe a lot of money. If you sell this asset, you're thinking, Oh shoot. Okay. What am I going to do? So you either take the cash from the sale, pay the taxes and go And maybe you go reinvest after that, but now you have less cash to reinvest because you just gave 25% to the government. And that's just a round number. That's not exact. But so then you look at, okay, let's structure this as a 1031 exchange. And so what you do first is you need to call a qualified intermediary. Title companies typically have that built in. The title company will do that service for you, but, but really make sure that you do your research and find somebody that knows how to do 1031 exchanges, has experience with them, and they understand the process. And so that that's a big step, too, because I have – this comes up quite often where taxpayers will say, well, I just took and I bought my replacement. And I'm like, well, wait, did you use a qualified intermediary? Mm-hmm. Did you – no, I just went over there. Yeah. Well, then it doesn't count. It oh. doesn't count. So we can get into that a little mm-hmm. bit more. Okay. So you go and find this professional, this the title company. They um, will then help you roll the that cash, essentially, into your new property. So let's say it's your fourplex. You're going to buy this fourplex. Mm-hmm. So you're going to work with them, and they essentially, you sell your replacement, such so your single-family home. Mm-hmm. And so you've got, you know, let's say you, it's a $200,000 house. You had $100,000 in debt. You have $100,000 in cash left over. You will never touch that cash as part of a 1031 exchange. If you ever get that cash at the end of closing, your exchange is over. Done. If, you, if it hits your bank account, you don't have an exchange okay. anymore. So you work with this intermediary. They essentially take the cash. They hold it in escrow. And so there are various clocks that happen here now. And so you have you've sold your single family home and now you have this countdown that starts essentially. And so from that date, you have one hundred and eighty days. So that's six months. So one hundred eighty calendar days, though, Mm -hmm. to complete to then go and buy your replacement property and complete that exchange. You also in that window in the first 45 days have to identify what you're going to buy. And so if you already know. That's fine okay. that's perfectly fine okay. So you have to identify it and you have mm-hmm. to get you have to have it in writing um, and you can even identify multiple properties and there' are specific rules around that. Um, so I'm not going to get into that today but there are some options there that you can do. So you've done all that you've identified your property um, you work with your your intermediary they hold your cash and you go and find. Your, your duplex and so in a perfect world maybe you already know the duplex you're going to acquire and so mm-hmm. that's a good strategy with people that enter into 1031s is they usually have an idea of what their replacement property is going to be mm-hmm. before they sell their relinquished property okay. so you'll hear me say that your okay. relinquished property that's your single family home your replacement that's your duplex okay because otherwise what you can end up with is then you don't Maybe you can't find a replacement property. Mm-hmm. So you've now entered into escrow with a qualified intermediary. They have your cash from this oh, sale. No. Well, and you can't get that cash until six months is over. But let's say you couldn't find a replacement. Now you don't have an exchange. You're going to pay taxes anyway. So mm-hmm. that's the downside. Yep. So you complete this exchange. You find your replacement property. And um, you know, you've know you got this 100000 that's going to go into it. And so another really important thing here, and so I've got some notes here I want to reference here really important thing to keep in mind is uh, there's a lot of bad advice, I guess out there. Mm-hmm. Sure. I'm, and I should say this too: interrupt me. If I'm like, if you have questions, please, right, cause I'm sure going to go down. Oh, you will. Road. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Good. okay. <laughs> so, you know, you've got this house, you've got this hundred thousand cash, you're going to go buy this duplex. And a lot of, there's some misconception that where people are like, okay, well I'm just going to put my hundred thousand over there. I'm good to go.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: well, no, not necessarily. Yes, that hundred thousand of cash—that's your cash, your net equity, your two hundred thousand sales price less your hundred thousand debt. That's your hundred thousand left over. Yes, that's going to go over, but you also need to factor in that debt that you gave up. Mm-hmm. So, so you'll hear things online, and there's good advice online, and there's poor advice. Mm-hmm. So just be mindful. Talk to the professionals. I can't stress that enough, and um, really understanding. I'm going to do this exchange. What is my investment that essentially satisfies my exchange? And so that's taking your, your net sales price and, and calculating that. So that's your, mm-hmm. you sold it for 200000 So you've got this net sales price, and you have to calculate that by taking what you're selling your property for, less eligible expenses. And so, like commission, title. And so that's your net sales price. That amount has to be reinvested. You know, and and your cash too. So the difference between the two might be debt or mm-hmm. new cash to the table. And so I get the question a lot where investors are like, well, I don't want to finance my replacement property. Well, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But you then come to the table with either more cash. You need yep. that fund so you, to have a complete exchange. And so a lot of times, as long as you're taking your asset and you're, you're exchanging up, so you're buying an asset that's a lot higher in mm-hmm. value, you're probably going to meet that just fine.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: But if you've got something where it's pretty close um, – you know it's you got to do the calculations you got to work yes. with somebody that can help you because you want to avoid what's called boot so it's kind of a fun word. I know your face <laughs> is so cute. Um, so boot. I remember hearing about that the first time in accounting. I'm like, boot. what is that? What a name. Another <laughs> acronym. I know. And where, so- where they came up with that? I I'm know. sure there's a reasoning somewhere. It doesn't stand if for I something. I got lazy. I think we got lazy. Like, it was like, oh, was my called gosh. Boo? Yeah. So BOO is basically, and this is like really layman's terms, like a benefit the taxpayer gets, whether it's debt forgiveness or some kind of benefit you received or cash that you received, and it can trigger a tax. So when you get the boot, in this case, it's good. No, oh, it's because then yet. you would pay cash, oh. or you would pay taxes. Okay, okay, you would pay okay. taxes, <laughs> and so like a a boot in this situation might be you bought your single family home, and maybe so you sold it, and maybe you bought something similar similar in size, but it wasn't quite a, like an up in value. And then you got cash out of the transaction or maybe, so like maybe you sold your single family home, you had a hundred thousand in cash and maybe you only reinvested 50,000 of that and you got Mm 50,000 in cash. Any cash that hits your bank account that isn't fully reinvested is considered boot. So then that's what you would pay potentially capital gain tax on, um, on that investment and then depreciation recapture and all that stuff. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> like I said, it gets complicated really fast. Yes. Um, okay. So the, the great thing about the 1031 though, is just you're, you're repositioning your real estate portfolio without taking the tax that you're keeping more cash, basically being able to reinvest more than had you not done the exchange, because then you're, you're giving some mm-hmm. to the government mm-hmm. now. And if your strategy is to continue in real estate and can keep, t- and continue to build those assets, like I said, 1031 till you die. It's a great tool. And (laughs) with how the tax code is written now, it it works for, for a lot of, a lot of investors. pause you real quick. So I
1: kind of hear, um, as you know, I'm all, I'm in the marketing world, not the accounting world, Mm -hmm. but I'm in your world, but trying to ask you different questions. But so like you see a lot of people right now, some investors, maybe not real estate investors, just normal families are Mm -hmm. purchasing real estate, such as like, a house for their yeah. kids, you know, in the yeah. future. Mm-hmm. So is this kind of along that same line that you can buy? So you're selling this house and you're going to buy a duplex. And like, is this like a savings account for your – could it be a savings account some so, sort for your children growing up? So the asset itself, sure, yeah. I mean, that is how you can look at it, just like a savings,
2: I suppose. It's not li- it's not as liquid because it's tied up in the asset. Okay. But the only way that 1031s work and as a strategy for you, it's you want to sell a property, buy something else – but they both have to be business properties. So if you had a personal home mm. that you wanted to 1031 and buy
1: it like a rental, you couldn't do that. But you couldn't have a house be a business because you, even if you, you can't if okay. you rented it. okay yes, That's what I mean okay yes. Yep.
2: so you let's say like your your former house before you yep. moved, if you turned it into a rental mm-hmm. and you had tenants there, they paid you fair market value rent, and then eventually you wanted to sell it and buy something bigger, a duplex, that would work. Okay, so what
1: if you buy something bigger as in like a bigger house? Yeah, as long okay. as it's, I mean, bigger house. Just I, more money? More, it just Value, value, yeah, value yes. of the okay. house. And okay. you
2: might even have a partial 1031 exchange. That's another thing. Um, you know, maybe you want to get out of this one property, that this one business property you have and buy something different. Or maybe there's just, you can't find something you want. The replacement properties aren't quite right and you don't want to settle. And so you know you want to defer some of your gain. Mm-hmm. You can do that too. Okay. So you would exchange into something that may not be, a higher in value, maybe, maybe it's slightly less, mm-hmm. um, and you're still getting some cash or, or boot the fun mm-hmm. word okay. boot, <laughs> yes. at the end, you're still going to have a tax implication, <laughs> but you are maybe still deferring some of your game. Okay.
1: Great question. Okay. Yep. Okay. So Danny, one more, I, I guess I have a question to add to that. Are there any misconceptions surrounding a 1031 exchange?
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, like I had said previously, there is certainly some good advice out there, but also some poor advice. And <laughs> so one of the biggest misconceptions, and I'll, I know I'm going to talk about this again, but is the cash at the end of the deal. So you've got these cash proceeds that are going to go into the new property. Yes, that goes into the new property, but you also need to understand that if you had debt or other items at closing, um, you have to be able to satisfy that. Mm -hmm. So really understanding what is your net sales price, your gross sales price, less your eligible expenses, like commission and title fees is going to be your net sales price. The difference of that number to the cash proceeds that you receive that, that to- you have to satisfy that total there. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the biggest misconceptions. Another one is um, my property has to be exactly the same. So mm-hmm. I have to 1031, I have a single family home, and I have to buy a single family home. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. No, that's not true. It has to be like. So in <laughs> real estate world, so let's say you want a 1031, a single family home for a piece of land. You can do that. Okay. You want a 1031, a home for a apartment complex. Sure. What absolutely. About a boat?
1: Oh, no, it's no. not. no. no. <laughs>
2: Well, okay, so boat, there are, so, okay. that's a very complicated <laughs> yes. topic. If we were okay, in California, we there. I am right. know a little okay. bit better. Um, you can rent, like a, you can have a boat, be a business, but that okay. is not, we're not going down that road. Right. All right, sorry, <laughs> keep going. Good that question, and where's the boat? Take me for well, a ride. Well, my family has a
1: houseboat down in Arkansas somewhere, so I was thinking like, okay. how is it different? You yeah, know, so like if it was like property? a business
2: asset that they rented, Went and there's a business, lot of really yeah. specific rules around that. Um, mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah, we okay. don't live on a coast Right. a big body of water, so sorry listeners, I don't spend a lot. Of time. But if you realm. do have
1: that, Dana can figure it out for you. I promise. I probably <laughs>
2: could. Probably could. Yes. Um. Anyways. So that's one of the biggest ones is like people get confused on what do I have to purchase? It has mm-hmm. to be a like, it has to be exactly the same. Well, no, not necessarily. And so oftentimes I see investors have maybe a commercial building and they want to get out and they want to go buy a big multifamily apartment complex. Mm-hmm. You can do that. Okay. So in the real estate world, that is considered a like kind of exchange okay. and it's satisfied. And so I kind of quickly as I'm talking, I'm thinking of new things too. So, yes. certainly interrupt. <laughs> but I was thinking about earlier when we were talking about, um, I was talking about kind of the exchange, and I know I went over that really fast, and I'm sure I glossed over a lot <laughs> of listeners, unfortunately. But the timeline is very important <laughs> to you and understanding. So, I suppose a misconception they might hear six months. Well, I have six months. Well, no, it's 180 calendar days. And so that really matters. And that clock starts ticking as soon as you sell that replacement property. That clock is in play. You have 180 days, and then also the qualified intermediary. I mean, you have to work with that person from the get go, or you don't have a full exchange.
0: Are they the one that will maintain your documentation in terms of the 45 day benchmark as well? They can help kind of.
2: Typically, the title company will do all of that for you. Um, You know, on a simple forward exchange. It's pretty basic. Um, there's reasonable fees for, for the title companies to do that. might be like $750 to 1000 or so. So it's not crazy for a title company to do that. And they'll handle all the documentation on your end. Now, if you venture down the road of doing a reverse exchange or a complex where just a quick, quick on a reverse exchange, that would be where you buy your replacement property. You know you want that fourplex. You go buy that first, and then you sell your replacement property. Same rules apply. You're in the 180-day window. There's a little bit more involved there. Um, but usually, a good title company and getting an attorney involved to handle the document, and the paper trail, then that—that's what you would do there. Certainly more wow. costly and complex. Should you do that, mm-hmm. right? But it—it it, it happens, and some investors sure. do it that way. They know that they want that replacement property, especially in a crazy market, mm-hmm. um, or maybe they have a good relationship with that seller. They may structure that way.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. Talk about ownership implications. Oh yes, yes.
2: Okay. Um, so this actually came up recently at a question on this. And so typically with a 1031 exchange, the ownership must r- remain the same start to finish. So if I own it here, I have to then buy it here. It, I can't change my ownership. So what does that mean? So let's say here's an example. Still with the single family home mm-hmm. multi fourplex duplex. So I own this single family home as an individual and I sell it and I want to go buy this duplex, but the, the lender wants my duplex in an LLC. So now I've owned it in Danny Sensky LLC over here. Do I have a 1031 exchange issue? Well, as long as my LLC is still what's called a disregarded entity, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, the taxpayer is still the same. It's just me. Yep. So I'm either me here or I'm me here through disregarded entity LLC, okay. and then it's okay. And you're allowed to do that. And so that comes up often because real estate investors will put their houses in a different LLC. And so at the end of the day, all disregard, you can still have an LLC, but if it's not a disregarded entity, it's mm-hmm. not the same mm-hmm. thing. So disregarded entity means that taxpayer essentially is the same. It's you 100. can't add
0: a partner Correct. or something on Correct.
2: that. Yep. So then it would be, so you could still bring in investors, um, but you have to structure it a little bit differently sure. um, at the end of that replacement property and how you...
1: And how if you, they're working with you, they would know all this or... Yeah, we would certainly with, consult okay. on
2: that. Because there's, like I said, there's very complicated exchange exchange options, um, especially, you know, getting new investors in and new equity. And yes, it's working with a professional taxpayer that understands them and attorneys that understand them and title companies. And then you'll set yourself up for success every time.
1: Yeah, because I don't think they're going to know all these deadlines and days and who should be on the account and who shouldn't be.
2: Most of your real estate investors that are heavy in real estate, they understand the the clock, but definitely anyone new getting Mm -hmm. into it. And that's, people are diversifying. I talked about this last time. There's lots more people that are using real estate as a wealth building tool. And um, so they may not have heard about it or, and, and honestly, the biggest thing that I always see is it's, and it's too late and I can't do anything to help them is they've already sold it bought something, thought they did a 1031, and they didn't because they didn't follow the right steps. And so I know I keep saying that over, but it's really get involved with the experts to start – because then you'll you'll be set up for success. So there,
1: is there a ten thirty one exchange season, or is it just anytime you're buying or selling? Yeah, anytime okay. you're buying mm-hmm. or selling. No deadlines on when you need. To, besides like Others. the six months or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, okay. yeah.
2: And you've got your standard tax <coughs> deadlines, obviously. But um, yeah, I mean, if you're thinking, even if it starts to cross your mind, hey, I think I'm going to sell, and I think I want to you mm-hmm. call your accountant. So right is this
1: could be part of like tax planning that you guys do for Absolutely. people, also is yeah. saying that this is what I'm gonna, this is what I see this year is going on at the in six months I am mm-hmm. going to want to buy something. So you kind of church. Yeah encourage them on the right path. Of. Yeah,
2: and maybe ten. And that's a good point. She said tax planning. So that's also why to have a good relationship and talking to your accountants because they're going to know your tax situation pretty well for you. Is maybe a ten thirty one doesn't work for you. Mm-hmm. Maybe you have a property. what's situation
1: where it doesn't work? Okay,
2: yep, that's what's going. So Sorry. maybe you have something where it doesn't work, and so you've got a passive investment, and so you haven't been able to take these losses because you're passive. Your income's too high. They're all trapped up in that built property. Maybe you want to sell it because then you can open up all those losses for you. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, maybe another scenario where you have a lot of capital loss carryover or you have another real estate that you sold at a huge loss, you took a huge hit. You know, there's definitely some strategy where it maybe doesn't make sense to thirty one Because, yeah, p- pay the, pick up the capital gains, but you have some other scenarios on your tax situation that will essentially wipe that out for you. Mm-hmm. So always consult with the professionals who can help run those strategies for you. It's going to be worth your time and money every time absolutely
1: like really, tax planning is just so important i don't think people really yeah. understand the importance of like even if you have a small business tax planning is very important it can help you I save so, money and yeah. spend your money correctly so that you can mm-hmm. not owe as much
2: here's what i always say is everybody needs tax compliance we all know we have to follow our returns mm-hmm. you're not getting out of that unless you're a criminal but you're you're, <laughs> gonna follow, you're gonna follow your taxes right and so it's not why not set yourself up for success and have some I mean, he's even at a minimum of cash flow planning, of knowing I'm going to have to pay X dollar. Yep. We're kind of getting into another topic here, Sorry, but yeah, no, it's good. It's a, it's a good conversation. It's just cash flow planning. is. I know I'm going to have to pay X amount, and I can plan my cash flow for the next six months. Mm-hmm. And the same would go for anything real estate related. Mm-hmm. And if you're thinking about doing deals such as a 1031, or maybe there's just an opportunity. Maybe you didn't know reverse 1031 existed. Yep, right. And having the conversations with somebody who understands all the ins and outs of 1031s, mm-hmm. You can be well informed and know the information ahead of time before you know making
1: a final yeah, decision yeah yep.
2: absolutely um
0: awesome, yeah, I don't know I mean this <laughs> I is like, also helpful i always i think feel like I've said it before too. Feel very thankful that she's on our team, yeah. and well, we yes. have her
1: as and being able to explain it in layman's terms for exactly. myself and others included.
0: I hope so because
2: I I have a problem with this. Is it's it's can be really complicated, and in my brain it makes total sense. Well, and so it's how oh do I I'm communicate sure. that right. to somebody who isn't in it every day, who isn't doing fifteen of these a year or yes. twenty of these a year, you know? And so it's it, you're asking really great great questions, and I always encourage if you aren't sure and you have the question. Ask the experts. Yes. There are some good good resources on Google. There are. But be careful and tread lightly with some of
0: those because it's just not going to fit your situation every time. And Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we were talking about offline before we started is there's probably so many different combinations of mm-hmm. how this could look and yeah. what circumstances might impact it. And it's yes. just not a general one-size-fits-all approach.
2: Not always, approach. No. It's important there's to not. understand, yeah. but also, yes, even just the very basics – Working with the professionals that understand it, qualified intermediary, never touch the cash <laughs> <laughs> because then you're going to have to pay taxes. And the timeline, understanding those, you know, and that's that's pretty good to help you. But then once you get into more complex things, certainly give us a call, at Bland. Um, you know, even from an
1: consulting standpoint, right? We yes. can help. Yes, and Absolutely. I like I always say I have my email in the bottom of the show notes. So yeah. if you have questions for Danny, feel free to email me and I'll connect them with Danny and connect yeah. her with you. So yeah.
2: I, I nerd out on 1031s and I live for them. I love them. They make me excited. So oh, they're naturally in yeah. the right <laughs> right place, <laughs> man. I do. I get so excited cuz they're like a puzzle. A puzzle I can oh. solve and the more complicated i think the better
1: because um, well when you solve it you just feel so accomplished you feel with so it so yes, good. Sure. And anyone
2: that's listening if you're in the accounting world when you get that reconciliation and your net is you have no variance oh man <laughs> <laughs> you are dancing <laughs> you know the feeling Don't i do down. i do and the other and
0: then you know your clients are so yes. appreciative too yes. and yes. that makes your heart swell yes, you know you're you're feeling yeah just good and, all around yep Yes. I have to say, this is like along the lines of just nerd. So when I was reading this morning, apparently yeah. now 1031 can also be a verb, which I was listening. You oh, did use what? it as, as a, a verb. Like let's 1031 or oh, 1031 like and you die. Item. Yeah. And that's because, you know, everyone's just that. like so pumped oh up and gosh. wants to to do this
1: so I guess I didn't Love get it. that publication that's in my email this morning yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> maybe that's um, the name of this app oh my gosh Let's it's perfect Let's turn
1: 31 yes kind of. I'm gonna make a note of that that's perfect
0: <laughs> all right well Danny thank you yes. so much yes. this is definitely not the last time we will have her on folks right. so can't get sure. out, used to her voice can't wait to be back it's fun it's a good time you guys are great hosts
2: yep oh, we I kept think.
1: it pretty high level you don't yep. go to the weeds too much so I think everybody's I gonna know be perfect with that and if they want to hear back more Email us and we'll yeah, bring absolutely. you ten. Let's talk ten thirty one two
2: part yeah. two. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yes, mm-hmm. give me a call. I'd be happy to help with any ten thirty ones.
1: Yeah. So as I always say, we like your comments, reviews, um, shares. You know, suggestions that you send to us. Um, we're trying to build our season two, so you know, yep. keep those coming. Look for our posts on social media and share them for a chance to be entered into a drawing for some sweet swag mm-hmm. or gift cards or anything, you know, we're open to suggestions. If you have something really cool, you want, <laughs> um, we have some cool tumblers, we have cutting boards, golf balls, all kinds of things. So, yes. um, yeah, so and it, please, you know, leave those reviews and share it and send us any feedback that you have.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. So thank you all for tuning in today. We are as Ashley mentioned, are just very appreciative of our loyal listeners and all the new people who are joining us on this journey. And our aim of this podcast is always just to provide you with additional information, something you didn't know yesterday that now you know today. And maybe this, the 1031, you're not a real estate (laughs) investor, but your friends, your family, you know, it's just, it's something to be aware of. And I think we're all just I this is so nerdy too but like students of life i mean every i yes, think a lot of yes. people enjoy just learning something Absolutely. new every day you don't day. know what
1: you don't know until you know and then maybe you want to do it
0: exactly and so that's truly what the mission of this podcast is so thank you everyone for tuning in
1: Yeah. so, so friends be informed
0: be inspired and be
1: awesome bye ahura media production